Great work, fellas. See you. you have a good Wednesday. Hump day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See you all tomorrow. There they go. Jeff and Jordan. It's only an hour for an hour from 11 to noon right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Now it's time for the award-winning midday program with Trey and BK. We'll be with you for the next hour, talking plenty of Texas football, talking some NFL. Of course, we'll have Where Are We At in Society at the very end of today's program. We are locked and loaded on a Wednesday a Wednesday to me that feels like a Monday because, well, we were all off on Monday for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and I was off yesterday lying to the people, Trey. I was not actually stuck in San Francisco dealing with three different flight cancellations. I actually took yesterday off because I didn't want to talk about the Cowboys. So mm, I needed another day to – yeah, I needed another day to process uh, just exactly what went down on Sunday. But uh, we're back, the midday show in its normal slot how you doing, brother? Good to see you. First time in a while. Uh, great to see you, too. I am curious not only to get your thoughts on the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott's futures with the team, but more specifically, considering where you just were, how the hell is San Francisco in the early days of 2024? We know what the reputation of that city has become over the last 10-plus years now, just a shit and homeless filled cesspool was that your experience in the bay area i loved it man and i'm gonna pull a kevin dunn here and make sure that i say i'm dunking on both sides so i'll say ted cruz and steve adler uh, i felt like one of those guys because while all of y'all are dealing with losing power and water in these freezing temperatures in central texas i was in one of the warmest places in the country dealing with like upper 50s low 60s in San Francisco the last few days. So weather-wise, it was fantastic. I mean, that's the best part of California is the weather that you get. And uh, it was nice to be away from some of the stuff that y'all unfortunately had to deal with. But yeah, most of it was good. We were in an area that was more secluded from the homelessness than most, but still had a few encounters with, uh, with the homeless folk and a number of encounters with human log. Plenty mm. of that. Including... I saw a pile of human log with a uh, cigarette sticking out the top. Almost looked like a kid's birthday cupcake with a candle out the top. I, I wish I had a lighter to to light it, you know, celebrating something there. But, um, yeah, some encounters with the homeless, nothing too, too terrible, and was able to avoid, I think, all of the, uh, the man and woman shit that was uh, on the sidewalks there. I would assume that's a whole lot more man shit than female shit. You're right, because girls don't poop. So that has to be the case. At most, they drop rabbit pellets, as Bucky has said for a long time. Oh, <laughs> uh, But it was good. You know, with all the Californians who live in Austin, I thought it would be a lot easier for me to get home. But I guess not. It was uh, a pain in the ass. I had, yeah, three flights canceled on Monday. Uh, I was worried just Looking at the forecast here, knowing that it didn't really get above freezing yesterday, I was like, oh, God, I might I might be stuck out there for another day. But thankfully, I uh, had a long delay in Burbank, spent more time in Burbank than I would ever want to spend. But I was able to make it back last night and had power, had hot water. I, I feel pretty damn fortunate, man. I, I lucked out this time. Did, were there people losing power and hot water across the state? I haven't heard of too many examples of that. Yeah, Jeff Jeff mentioned that he's still without hot water. 
I don't know anybody like my parents in Galveston lost power, but they're not here. My parents lost power for like six or seven hours and their house got to about 50 degrees inside <laughs> before it kicked back on. Most of the folks I've talked to here that lost anything lost hot water. So I don't, I'm sure there are some people more who, natural gas thing than it is an electricity thing. It might be, it might be. Uh, so I think that's been the biggest issue in central Texas. Maybe there are some Austinites who lost power, but obviously nothing like the snowmageddons that we had in what, 21 and 22. And I still fear that one of those could be coming before winter is all said and done. But um, yeah, what about you? All good? No power loss, no water loss? We live in a very well-run city here in Cedar Park, and we deal with the least bad of those conditions when they happen to this area. So I am thankful and happy to say that we have not had to do any of that. We did the dripping of the faucet thing for the faucets that were on the uh, exterior or were close to the exterior of the house, I should say, and everybody survived all right. The kids were wanting to run around outside yesterday. I'm like, guys, it's probably a little bit too cold, especially if you insist on wearing flip-flops and no jackets. Mm. So we, uh, but no, everything's good, and it's going to be in the mid to upper 60s tomorrow. So welcome to the schizophrenic time of year for Texas, weather-wise. Incredible. I mean, it was 15 degrees this morning, and I saw a high of 70 tomorrow, Trey. Yeah! 55-degree difference. 55! How does that, how is that possible? Global warming, global cooling, global bullshit. I don't know what it is, but it's insane. And you only get that stuff in the great state of Texas, which is why we love it so much and hate it, I guess, at the same time. If you don't like the weather here, just wait another day and you might like it the next day. How it works. All right. Plenty of sports to get into. Uh, I know Jeff and Jordan were talking about the downfall of Alabama football, which could potentially tie into Texas. Hell, it already has. Texas picked up one transfer portal commitment from Alabama with Isaiah Bond. I know we uh, talked about that as a station a little bit on Friday and talked more about that yesterday. A couple of more Alabama players going to the portal. We'll get to them in a second and debate if they make sense for UT. But two guys who did make sense for UT, two guys who did commit to the Longhorns yesterday via the portal. Silas Bolden, the wide receiver from Oregon State, their leading pass catcher this past season, and also Kendrick Blackshire from Alabama uh, coming over, a linebacker who spent the last three years in Tuscaloosa. Not a starter, but a big-time special teams player for them and a rotational linebacker for Nick Saban's defense this past season. Uh, Trey, two more additions for Texas in the portal. They're not just bringing in bodies. They are bringing in some impact players who are going to be expected to have some big roles in 2024. Yeah, well, Blackshire may very well end up having some say-so in who plays linebacker for Texas in 24. If nothing else, he has been a really good special teams guy for the Crimson Tide. So watch for him to make his biggest impact, at least initially in that regard. And as far as Bolden is concerned, Look, I know it feels like Texas has their top three guys at wide receiver right now. Uh, don't sleep on this kid. Even though he is of diminutive stature, he is extremely explosive. And when he gets the ball in his hands, special things happen. And even though we became accustomed to Steve Sarkeesian really only using three wide receivers this year, there is an example from his recent past where he had four really good options and made sure to get the best option, more than 100 catches, but the fourth guy still got 40 catches. You go back to 2019 Bama, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Waddle uh, all 
were a part of that team and all played a significant role in that pass game. Waddle had 40 catches. Judy had 108. Smith and Ruggs fell somewhere in between, too. Uh, each of those guys had at least six touchdowns, if not more than that, as well. And uh, two of them ended up with over 1,000 yards receiving. So Steve Sarkeesian with one more option at wide receiver. Let's see what he can do with that next year. We may get more uh, four wide with uh, no tight end out there. Maybe a tight end is out there and you don't have a running back on those obvious passing downs. But uh, the exciting times here around the 40 acres with regards to how Steve Sarkeesian and his staff are reloading and constructing this off, uh, this roster in the 2024 offseason continues to get better, BK. What a total 360 this wide receiver room has taken over the last two and a half weeks, right? Like Texas had one of the best receiving rooms in the country this year. So that was great. But then in the span of a week, you lose Xavier Worthy. You lose Adonai Mitchell. You lose Jordan Whittington. And then there's your first 180. It's like, well, what is this wide receiver room going to look like next season? Because we have eight returning catches coming back next season. And all eight of those were by Jonte Cook. Nobody else has a college reception to their name. And then all of a sudden, in what feels like the blink of an eye, Texas has brought in three established transfer portal receivers and guys who are really good. Not just like, oh, this guy's played a little bit somewhere else. No, all of these guys have played a lot, put up big numbers at Power 5 schools, right? Isaiah Bond at Alabama, uh, Silas Bolden in the Pac-12 this past season. This was the best year maybe ever for the Pac-12, ironically enough, in the final year ever of the Pac-12. And then Matthew Golden in the Big 12 at Houston. Like, all of those guys put up really good numbers. And there's your 360. There's the final turn for Texas. And now you feel like this wide receiver room is going to be one of the best in the country again with those guys plus the young guys, too. And the fact that Quinn Ewers is the quarterback and he has this much experience in the offense, it is going to be a difference maker with regards to all of these guys getting up to speed with the playbook and him understanding where the football needs to go on a given play. And I'm not going to say I'm more excited to see this Texas offense operate next year, but the excitement level is on par with where it was just prior to the 2023 season. Based on yeah. the additions over the last couple of weeks, Quinn Ewers coming back, I'm getting Jake Majors back is a big deal. You're only losing one offensive lineman uh, from a group that continues to take positive steps forward. They were great in run blocking or excuse me, in pass blocking this year. You think that they're going to get better in run blocking, especially with the potential for a guy like Cam Williams to be out there. And it seems like he might be better suited to, uh, to push forward at least uh, early on in his time as a starter than a guy who is great at pass blocking. So future uh, still feels extremely bright for this program. And uh, we're all optimistic that 2023 was not a flash in the pan, that it was a sign of even greater things to come. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the four-man receiver rotation that Sark has had in the past, but I I do wonder what happens with the guys who have been on campus in that wide receiver room, right? Like someone's transferring. It might not happen. I mean, it can't happen until after spring ball because you can't enter the portal right now unless you're a grad transfer. But like how – Someone's going to be mad about this, right? All, all of these highly touted high school receivers that Texas has brought in, like, what does John Tay Cook think about all of this? And that guy figured, all right, well, I got to wait my turn. That's fine. I'm a true freshman, and I'm sitting behind three NFL wide receivers. That's okay. These guys will all leave, and I'll be the guy in 2024. And then, like, Tay Cook's going to have every opportunity to compete for a starting job next season, but and he's got to go up against three more potential Sunday players like what is he and you know to a lesser degree DeAndre Moore and Ryan Niblett and Ryan Wingo 
What are those guys thinking about all of this right now? I'd be paying attention to Moore and Niblet with regards to a guy who may choose to leave once spring ball is over with. I'm Jonte Cook. I realize that in terms of experience running these plays, when the games are actually matter, uh, when these games actually matter, he has a leg up on everybody else in that competition. If I'm Jonte Cook, I'm still feeling really confident about things. DeAndre Moore watching him play this year, it felt like he was still at least a season or two away from being a major contributor. And I really don't know a whole lot out of Neblet. That's why I'm wondering if those two guys should be on the transfer radar once we get through the spring semester. And for the freshmen, I mean, the freshmen are coming to Texas because they want to compete. They want to become that guy. They see what Steve Sarkeesian has done with regards to getting wide receivers in his offense to that next level and so my guess is that they've got that uh, that cocksure nature about them that comes from being young guys who don't know any better. The who now? Cocksure nature. Cocksure confidence. Cocksure. Cocksure. Like they're sure of their piece, that it's working? Exactly. They don't need to call up Frank Thomas or mm-hmm. Doug Flutie for some new genics. Uh, considering how big a person Frank Thomas is, I, I hope his doesn't work at full functioning capacity. That could be dangerous. Yeah. All the steroids he was taking back then might have hurt. Oh, or did he take steroids? <laughs> if there's one guy that we can point to that probably wasn't juicing, I think Griffey's on that list too. From that era of baseball, Frank Thomas is that dude. Fra- Frank Thomas is just one of those naturally enormous human beings. I think every single baseball player in that era was on steroids. Some of them just knew how to use them better, or some of them were just naturally better than the others. Darren Oliver? Uh, That guy sucked. (laughs) He didn't take enough. He did have a long career in the league. He just sucked for the Rangers at the end. James Moyer, Tim Wakefield. I'm just thinking of all the soft-tossing pitchers who were (laughs) part of that era of baseball. Dude, Tim Wakefield would have thrown slower than me if he wasn't taking steroids. The roids (laughs) got him to that 80-mile-an-hour fastball, all right? He was juicing. They all were. The way he was able to keep so little spin on his knuckleballs is because he was juicing. Those knuckles were so strong, and his fingers were so strong to grip the ball like that. That's, that's <laughs> the only explanation, I think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, spring ball, like, Sark's going to keep this thing open. And just because, you know, Bond and Golden and Bolden all have numbers at other stops, well, they haven't done anything here. They don't know this offense. So, you know, Jonte Cook and those other young receivers, they, they do know the Sark offense, and they've got at least a little bit of a rapport with the quarterbacks who are already here. They'll have their opportunities. I just – I feel like yeah, at least one of those guys is bound to leave. And look, this I'm not mad about it. Like I, I feel a hell of a lot better about this wide receiver group now than I did two weeks ago. So I'm not complaining that, oh, we got Isaiah Bond, Silas Bolden, and Matthew Golden. Like, awesome. That's great. It's just I think you're you're kidding yourself if you feel like, oh, yeah, all the young guys, they're perfectly fine sitting for another year. Like, I'm still worried Arch Manning's going to leave, even though a million people, including Arch Manning, is like, no, I'm not leaving. Like I sure as hell am worried that one or two of these receivers are going to be like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to play. I don't want to sit behind these dudes for another year and then worry that Sark is going to get three more transfer portal receivers next year. Like, I'm not doing that. So I think you're fooling yourself if you think like, oh, yeah, DeAndre Moore's like, oh, I love this. I get to learn from all of these people. Yippee. It's like, no, he's probably like this. This is bullshit. I'm going to leave. Someone's leaving. We'll just see who. Yeah, but... 
I, look, I get it. I get the frustration that may set in, but you also have to understand that coaches are responsible for setting up as much of a meritocracy as possible. That means the best guys get the most playing time. And in order to be your best, it's healthy to go up against other guys who consider themselves to perform like the best as well. Iron sharpens iron. And for far too long around here, there has been a tenure mentality with regards to next man up or who gets the playing time once one guy goes to the NFL draft or in more of a likelihood here at Texas over the last 10 plus years, the guy whose eligibility is up. That next guy gets to step in and just play because he's been biding his time for a couple of years. That era of Texas football is hopefully over with. Meritocracy is what allows good teams, good individuals to become the best versions of themselves. And so to go out and once again, find the best options for different areas of needs on this roster has to be seen as a good thing by the fans. Even if it costs you a couple of younger guys, maybe had hopes of gaining more playing time next year. If they're that good. They're going to see that challenge. And even if they don't win out initially, They'll be better off in the long term, and maybe when they are playing, it could be some point next year due to an injury or two. It could be a season or two after that. They'll be ready to go and be even better than where they thought they would be had they started a little bit earlier. Yeah, next year's a big year for Texas. It's not as big of a year as this past year was. I think this past year was massive for Texas to go out there and do what it did. Look, the Longhorns, they want to prove that they can hang in the SEC. They don't want people to think, ah, well, they only won 11 games in the regular season because they got to play in the Big 12. They only competed for a conference title because they got to play in the Big 12, and now they're in the SEC and they're going eight and four. Like, that'd be bad. And you also want to keep the momentum going, too, from this year, right? You want to prove that, hey, last time we thought Texas was back, uh, they weren't. Turns out they were another coach and a few years away from being back. You don't want to have that happen again. So next year's a big year for the Longhorns, and Sark doesn't want to wait around and be like, oh, I hope these guys can develop and turn into – really quality wide receivers. He wants guys that he knows can produce in high major college football and bond Bolden and golden. Sounds like a law firm or something. Uh, all three of those guys have shown the ability to do that. So there you go. Yeah. Right. Speaking of, and I know Jeff and uh, Jordan talked about this last hour, but man, Alabama is hemorrhaging guys right now. And there are even more dudes in the transfer portal, the tight end black, uh, um, Blackshire, that's his name, right? No, Blackshire is the linebacker who's already here. Nye Black. Thank you. Nye Black, the, uh, mm-hmm. the tight end who Texas saw uh, that second game of the season. He's in the portal now, as is Caleb Downs. And look, I think Texas could arguably be in the, uh, the market for both of those guys because you don't have great depth at tight end right now. But we know what the safety position has been these last couple of years. Probably uh, value Downs a little bit more than Nye Black, but I would love to see Texas, assuming they have the room, make runs of both of these guys as uh, they will be in the transfer portal for the next uh, week or two. Yeah, Caden Proctor, the number one left tackle recruit in the country, who was a true freshman starter at Alabama last year, also just entered the portal. Oh, wow. Can't imagine he comes here because, you know, left tackles established by Kelvin Banks. So Proctor's probably not an option. It would be great to have him, but I assume I mean, he's that could help with the uh, right tackle issue that potentially looms. Hey, give him a call. Give him a call. 
with an understanding that he gets to kick over to the left side after Kelvin Banks leaves following next season. Oh, boy, this just got even more fun. Yeah, but uh, you're right. Those other two, hell, all three of those guys, take them all. And it's it's funny, I saw Keelan Robinson tweet out, because after Texas beat Bama in Tuscaloosa in September, Keelan Robinson went over to the section of Alabama recruits and was like, oh, y'all come to Texas. And Keelan Robinson's like, well, I guess they were taking my message pretty literally. It wasn't just the recruits. Now it's all the current players who are coming to Texas. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take all three of those guys. We'll be a little greedy, please and thank you. But Caleb Downs will be huge. I mean, another thing to talk about here is Jabbar Muhammad, yeah. the number one corner at Washington, who, of course, we saw two weeks ago in the Sugar Bowl. He was on campus this morning for a visit. So Texas already brought in a safety and Andrew McCuba. They're looking at corners right now with Jabbar Muhammad. And yeah, Caleb Downs, one of the best safeties in the country as a freshman this past season. That'd be a massive get for the Longhorns. I saw a tweet, though, Trey, that said Caleb Downs is going to be getting quarterback-like money in the portal. Okay, so, let's be Texas and show him some quarterback money then, DK. We could. We could. Uh, you would think Ole Miss and Oregon, who are throwing more money around than anybody, are, are probably in the mix. Maybe they've spent all their money on the 40 other transfers that they've gotten. But, uh, hell, i take either or both of those guys, or any or all three of those guys, of course. This is glorious to watch, by the way. Like, Alabama's going to be fine. I, I assume they're always going to be fine, and I think Kalen DeBoer's a good coach. But, you know, they got to come back down to earth a little bit. This uh, fall to reality could be a lot harder than any Alabama fan wants, and I think every other fan base is preying on their downfall. We're we're going to see whether or not Caleb Downs is a good personality fit with Alabama tested pretty early on with all the guys who are affecting right now. And I'm with you. He's a good enough coach that if he's given the proper time, he will get that program or keep it in the right spot or get it going back in the right direction. But it may take a season for that to happen with all the talent that they're in the process of losing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Longhorn Bear says any Husky starters going to Bama? No, they're all going to the NFL, Longhorn Bear they were all eight-year seniors on that <laughs> roster. Uh, maybe they'll have a couple of guys follow him from Washington to Tuscaloosa. But, yeah, there's it happens always. Anytime you have a coaching change, you see attrition, even if it's like a bad coach who gets fired. And we've seen that at Texas a few times. You're going to have attrition. But even the greatest coach of all time, he leaves. The guys, uh, you know, I get they commit to the school. But they, they're also committing to the coach. That's why whenever coaching change happens, you see a, a bunch of players enter the portal, and Alabama's not immune to that either. So you're right. We'll learn about DeBoer early, early, early during his time in T-Town. All right, let's give some love to uh, some of our great sponsors. How about Covert Bee Cave? Did this upload? No, didn't upload, even though I – oh, here it is. It did upload. We got a TV commercial. We're going to let you see. Dan Covert and his lovely wife, Hayden, here. A word from Covert BK. Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my wife, Hayden. Welcome to Covert BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous Hill Country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. 
There you go. So we tell you all about how beautiful the Cobert B Cave dealerships are. Now you actually get to see for yourself just how gorgeous it is off of 71 at Cobert B Cave. Can't thank them enough for their great sponsorship of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Such a stunning campus, and I love seeing that commercial throughout football season too. Saw it a bunch on Saturdays and was uh, very happy that more people got to see for themselves what we were talking about all season long, which is how awesome that covert location is out in B cave off of 71. Yes, indeed. Shout out to the coverts. Also shout out to Olipop. Speaking of awesome, Olipop is just that it's a new kind of soda, a soda that's actually good for you. So if one of your new year's resolutions is to be a little healthier this year, Olipop makes it easy to follow. And I know we're into like the third week of the year, which is usually when people are giving up their resolutions. Don't give this one up. Don't drink regular soda. Drink the Olipop instead because it tastes like the soda that you grew up sipping, but it has tons of health benefits as well. Hardly any sugar, hardly any calories in each can, plus nine grams of fiber and ingredients that are going to help your digestive health. I'm telling you, it checks every box. A great tasting drink that's actually good for you. They've got it at every grocery store, H-E-B, Whole Foods, Target, Walmart, Costco, wherever you buy your groceries, you can find Olipop, this stuff is a game changer, and it can change your life as well. Okay, what do you want to get to next? We talked a lot of Texas football, talked about the Alabama players who have entered the portal. We mentioned Jabbar Muhammad potentially coming to Texas. That'd be such a huge freaking get for the Longhorns. Uh, Dwayne Aquina, I don't know where you left things with him yesterday. Like yesterday morning, he was coming, and then there was a report that surfaced in the afternoon that said, Arizona is going to offer him a full-time gig to stay. I don't think we've gotten the confirmation on exactly where he's going to be next season, but it kind of feels like the pipe dream of Coach Aquina coming home is dead. Would have been nice, especially if Texas ends up keeping both of their secondary coaches into next season, but can't win them all, BK. Texas does retain the services of Paul Christ, though, which is a big deal for the run game. He has been helping out with the run game coordination ever since coming to Austin after being canned by Wisconsin back in 2023, uh, 2022, excuse me. I don't know if he's necessarily waiting in the wings for an uh, official position on the coaching staff, but Chris services were being sought after uh, at least in the early parts of this off season. And, he is choosing to stick with this program. I think he realizes something is really special is being built here. I'm sure his input is valued. And the fact that Washington is still paying him a large chunk of change not to coach at their school anymore probably helps out too. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And Akina would have been nice to have. I, I do wonder if Sark's going to go after somebody else to help in that secondary because I don't think changes are coming to Terry Joseph or Blake Gideon. You and I have talked about that a lot. I think you and a lot of other Texas fans wouldn't mind a uh, firing and hiring at one of those two or maybe both of those two secondary coaching spots on Steve Sarkeesian's staff. I don't think he's doing anything after the best year he's ever had as a head coach. He's already having to replace two other defensive coaches with Jeff Choate leaving for Nevada and Bo Davis taking the gig at LSU. I don't think he wants to completely get rid of the entire staff that he had this past season but I, I wouldn't hate it at all if they brought somebody in to be an analyst who could help out a lot. And we know what Dwayne Aquino is about. We'll talk about resume. That guy has a long resume of being very, very successful at this level. We saw it firsthand in Austin for a decade. Uh, he would have been the perfect fit, but you understand him 
wanting more money. I mean, analysts make what 30 to 40 K and position coaches make six figures easy. So yeah, if Dwayne Aquina gets offered a gig, that's going to pay him 200 K. I totally understand him taking that over something that was going to pay him $30,000 a year. He would have been great now though. If that ship has sailed, go get somebody else. I don't know who that name is. It's not my job to know who that guy is, but Sark's got a big Rolodex. Hopefully he's talking to people. Hopefully there's somebody who'd be willing to take an analyst role who can help our defensive backs turn their head when the football is in the air. There are a lot of guys out there. Go out and find somebody good. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, well, nothing official from Akina either way, but sure feels like Arizona is uh, once again the leader in the clubhouse for his services. Now I don't know if Johnny Nansen might go back to Arizona because those rumblings are out there too. It's uh, it's an odd situation right now with the coaching change that just happened in Tucson. Well, kudos to you for filibustering for 40 minutes of this program to avoid having to talk about your Dallas Cowboys, but it is time to get to, we're still considering them America's team, regardless, Cowboys got completely worked by the uh, Green Bay Packers last Sunday, 45 to, excuse me, that is not the right score, 48 to 32, game Quite honestly, wasn't even as close to that. Cowboys score 16 points in the fourth quarter, and it was an absolute beatdown. And even though the Cowboys offense started to figure some, some things out, at the end of the second quarter, into the third quarter, it was the defense that was the biggest issue throughout the course of the afternoon for your squad. And now there are very obvious questions being asked about Mike McCarthy and his future there. Dak Prescott, whether Dallas wants to extend him beyond next season, which is when his contract runs out, but the biggest problem is something that nobody really has any say-so on, and that is Jerry Jones remaining at the very top of this trash heap. Mm. Thoughts? Yeah, that's not going to change. My thoughts are I wish somebody would blow up the entire Jones household with all of them in there so we didn't have to deal with that family ever again because Jerry sold his soul to the devil and now is not allowed to win anymore. And I'm worried that none of his offspring are going to be allowed to win anymore either because of the deal that, that he made. Um, Jerry and Steven Jones both turned down their radio hits on the fan in Dallas yesterday. Uh, they're not obligated to do those radio interviews once the season comes to an end. And obviously the Cowboys season has come to an end, but uh, they usually do the postseason wrap up. And it is, I think a little bit noteworthy that uh, they pulled the plug on that deal yesterday. Um, yeah, changes have to be made. I mean, look, 12 wins three years in a row, that's great. But the fact that you can't find your way to the conference championship. I mean, this season would have been a failure if the Cowboys couldn't win two playoff games and they couldn't even win one. So they got to make moves. They got to clean house. The only question to me that is worth debating, because I think Mike McCarthy losing his job is obvious. I think Dan Quinn might get a job as a head coach elsewhere. Even if he doesn't, I think his time in Dallas needs to be over. Um, what, what do you do with Dak? What do you do with Dak? You said if Dan Quinn doesn't get a head coaching gig, his stint in Dallas should be over. Yeah. He doesn't need to be there anymore. Okay. Like, like, I don't know if he'd stick around to just be the defensive coordinator anyways for a new head coach. Yeah. Right. And he's going to be interviewing. I think he's already been reached out to by a couple of different NFL teams. So he's going to get interviews elsewhere. He might get a head coaching job. So the whole conversation could be moot, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Dan Quinn can be around. And look, there were a lot of people, myself included, who thought if McCarthy lost his job, that Dan Quinn should be in the running to replace him. After Sunday, 
you can't you can't say that. You no. just can't. Like that was a disaster. You're right. The the whole team sucked, but the defense to get picked apart by the youngest and cheapest offense in the NFL. I know that offense has been playing great down the stretch, but first year starter at quarterback, a bunch of young receivers. Aaron Jones has had the worst year of his NFL career. For that group to damn near put up 50 on you in your house, you can't you can't be brought back like that. So I, I think uh yeah, I think the Joneses need to clean house. They're not gonna fire themselves, unfortunately, but I think the whole coaching staff is going to be very different next year. I think the most interesting conversation surrounds Dak because yep. he was so good this regular season. And even though he did eventually settle in and, and figure things out, and look, I know they were having to throw from behind, so that 400-plus yards passing is a, an inflated number and three touchdowns, two interceptions. Like, where are you with him right now? Obviously, this team has him under contract for one more year. Do you let next season play out and then decide for yourself? Because if you do that, he could just decide to uh, to go to the highest bidder someplace else. Yeah, it's it's a risky run, and I, I've changed my thoughts on Dak Prescott. Like I've been the biggest Dak defender slash homer out there for years, and I thought the Cowboys were making a huge mistake the first time around when they could have extended Dak. They chose not to, and the Cowboys cost themselves a boatload of money by waiting as long as they did. Um they're in a similar situation right now where he's got one year left on his deal. They could extend him this offseason if they wanted to, but you, I don't know how you can do that, man. I just don't know how you can do that. And it's not all Dak's fault that the Cowboys lost. Like Your defense gives up 48, well, I guess 41 because he threw a pick six in there. Your defense gives up that much. Uh, it, it's hard to win games as a quarterback, but the fact that this guy's now 2-5 and five in the playoffs and in four of those five losses, Trey, he has failed to throw for 100 yards in the first half. Ooh. of those games and the Cowboys have been getting blown out early in these games and some of them they've been able to come back the first game against the Packers Dak's rookie year they were getting boat raced they came back and then Aaron Rodgers broke their heart at the end Mason Crosby too um but you think of like the Rams game where Dak didn't do jack in the first half you think of the Niners games where Dak didn't do anything in the first half the last two years and obviously this game when the game was even close to being in hand, Dak didn't do anything. So I, I just don't know how you can give this guy another four or five years and say, like, he's the guy that can lead us to the promised land. I, I still feel like Dak is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I do, but I just, I don't, I'm not giving him four or five more years to do it. When you're seeing CJ Stroud in his first playoff game do what he did, when you're seeing Jordan Love, of course, the guy who just beat you in his first playoff game do what he did, like, Dak's, he's been in the league a long time. And the fact that he just still continues to come up small in these big moments, not all him, but the fact that he also continues to come up small in these big moments, it's its hard to feel like he can lead this team to the promised land with, with what you've seen. So my guess is they'll, they'll run it back. I wouldn't be shocked if they drafted a quarterback like on day two of the draft and said, hey, Dak, you're our guy next year because you're under contract and we'll see how that goes. Um, but you can't you can't extend them right now and, and feel good about it. Like it just, it, it wouldn't make sense to do. Yeah. Jack Burton puts it pretty succinctly on the YouTube comments line. Two problems. One, what's the alternative to Dak? And two, Jerry will choose that alternative. Now in terms of guys currently on this roster right now, who are the untouchables? At quarterback? On just any position. Oh, oh, you're talking about like blowing the whole thing up? 
Well, I mean, that kind of sounds like what you're talking about too, isn't it? No. No, no, I'm talking about giving Dak one more year to see if next year is the year. And then if it's not, if the Cowboys still have these playoff struggles, then you got to move on from him altogether. Who do you consider to be the untouchables right now on this franchise? Because I think you have to explore all possibilities and uh, potentially get rid of guys who may be a little bit of a surprise, but maybe they're not fitting into the future plans. I mean, Michael Parsons is probably, he's got to be 1A, right? Yeah, CD Lamb would be there too. One Those are, for CD Lamb is kind of how I thought about things too. The kicker. You can't get rid of that guy. That guy's awesome. It's an extra point though. Yeah. Well, I, right. He, you're right. He is really good. <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean, a lot of the offensive line are still untouchables. Like okay. even, even the old guys, I don't want them going anywhere. Tyron Smith had a great year when he was healthy this season. Huge bounce back season for him. Zach Martin obviously is, is still a beast. Um, Defensively, Trayvon Diggs would be in that mix. Suck not having him for most of the season. They could have used him to cover somebody Lawrence. On, on Sunday. Yeah, I, I throw Tank Lawrence in there. Even though he's up there in age, he's still one of the best run stoppers in the league. He, he really is a beast. He's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Uh, I'd put him in that mix too. Um, and there are other guys that I like that I want back, but that would maybe end the untouchable. Land? Um, conversation no not untouchable i don't I, like i'd prefer to have him back but like th they're not gonna blow when i say blow this like they're gonna hire a new coach but yeah. when they got rid of jason garrett it wasn't oh we gotta start over it was garrett can't win in the playoffs so let's bring in somebody we think can win in the playoffs they didn't blow up the roster uh they had that shitty covid year where Dak got hurt and everybody got hurt but like right after that it was 12 wins 12 wins 12 wins like when the Cowboys blow up the coaching staff, they, they're going to expect to win 12 games next year. They're just going to expect to win uh, one or two in January. And this coaching staff proved that it couldn't do it. So problems go beyond fat ass McCarthy. That's obvious because this is damn near three decades of this happening right now. But like you said, to start this whole conversation, Jerry Jones ain't getting rid of himself. That's the one constant. That's the thing that you would like to change if you're a Cowboys fan. And unfortunately, it ain't going to change. So, yeah, rough one on Sunday. I was, uh, I was uh, two two buddies, like high school sweethearts that I grew up with in Dallas, uh, who got married over the weekend. And so, a bunch of the people at this wedding were from Dallas, big Cowboys fans. We had a huge group of people watching in the hotel lobby bar because the wedding was at four o'clock Pacific time, and the game started at one thirty Pacific time. So we were all like. Dude, how are we going to watch this on our phones? Like, does one of us need to, I don't know, like break the bus so we're late to this wedding so they have to delay the start of this wedding so we can watch the end of the game? That was the narrative at the beginning, and then it quickly shifted to, God, I wish this wedding started at 2 instead so we didn't have to watch any of this bullshit. But I was down there in the hotel lobby, probably like 50 people around a 42-inch TV. Could use Davy consultations there. And... Packers scored the first touchdown, and as soon as Dak threw the pick on the Cowboys' first drive, I went up. Everyone's like, you going to get ready? I'm like, no. I know how this movie ends. <laughs> I used the Shawshank reference. I was like, you know how they show Shawshank on TV like 400 times a week, and it ends the same every fucking time? That's that's what's about to happen here. So I did watch. I went upstairs and watched. Of course, I'm always going to support the team. But I was like, I don't want to be in public dealing with this right now. I'm going to go in my room at the hotel and just watch this and watch my team just piss down its leg for the umpteenth time. 
in the postseason. Yeah, it's easy to choke yourself out as you're having to watch the Cowboys in the playoffs from the comfort of your own hotel room versus with a group of people. Yep, go Chiefs. Back on the Chiefs bandwagon again. I don't know what to think about that matchup this weekend. That's going to be fun. Yeah, you have three big lines this weekend. Like the the Niners are big favorites over Green Bay. Baltimore's a big favorite over Houston. And Detroit's a big favorite over Tampa. And we'll, we'll talk about all those games, of course, later in the week. Yeah. But like the one Vegas close game is is KC in Buffalo. That's going to be a ton of fun if we can watch the game with all the snow and weather going on up there. So I picked up two more games on you in our yeah. season-long football picks bet, which has been reset once because I was blowing you out. And we are now a week away from you not picking up any ground, from me clinching a second victory this season. Did we settle on the chest waxing as the punishment for this round of bets? Still leader in the clubhouse still. Um still open to more suggestions. I'm not opposed to doing that, but if there's something better out there that we can do, then we could do it. Also, we have to make sure the person who waxed your chest is going to be available to do this again this time around. Uh cuz she's got the mobile set up. I want to make sure we're doing this on camera for everybody to see like during an episode of this show. Uh, which I shouldn't because that's going to be me. I really should want this as private as possible, but <laughs> whatever. All about the content, all about the people, always. If I clinch this weekend, if you don't pick up any ground and I'm up four with three to play, we're going to have to do one more reset. Uh, no, we're not. We're not going to have to do that. <laughs> we're not. I, already, I know you threw me the lifeboat by giving me the one reset, but you knew what you were doing. You knew I was going to lose that shit again. So really, you were taunting me even more. I'm not letting you do that again. Not happening. Not happening. Goodness. <laughs> we love AV consultations, by the way. 512-255-8678. Give them some love real quick. The two TVs behind me, uh, AV consultations. The four TVs I have in the next room over, AV consultations. And just look, there's no wire sticking out. It's it looks amazing. They're professionally mounted. The TVs are great. I didn't go buy the TVs at the store and then call Tom and the crew at AVC to hook them up. No, they they hooked it up. They do everything. Don't waste your money at the box store. Don't waste your money on Amazon thinking you're getting a good deal. Oh, Black Friday deal. Great. No, no. Tom McKay, they get them wholesale. They get them cheaper. They can give you better prices, but also they'll hook up your TVs incredibly well. And their service is top notch and they're going to make sure you know how to use everything too. They explain it easily and they tell you when they leave, Hey, if something doesn't make sense to you, give us a call. They're always there for you. They're the best. That's why they've been in business here in central Texas since 1988, 512-255-8678. Trey, you cool with the live for pest wranglers today? I sure am. Pest wranglers, pest wranglers, pest wranglers. If you have a pest problem in your home or place of business, Pest Wranglers would love to help you out. They have been getting that job done for people here in Central Texas going all the way back to 2006. That's when our guy Steve, a.k.a. Cooter, founded Pest Wranglers. Since then, they have operated on a motto, effective, reliable, affordable. A secondary motto is we love you, the people. Steve is a big people person, big relationships guy. He makes sure to treat his employees great. In return, his employees treat you, the customer, well. That's why not only on top of getting that job done, you will be appreciative of being treated like you should be as a customer. That's why Pest Wranglers has so many five-star reviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. For more info, go to pestwranglers.com. 
It's also where you can set up your free consultation. And as always, Pest Wranglers is a proud sponsor of... Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism, has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. And I feel like... I need to come up with maybe a secondary bit every day, BK, because at least once or twice a week, the story is turning to the fucked up conditions on airplanes, people trying to travel from one place to another in the skies. And we have more examples of people pretty much living in San Francisco, but doing so as they're flying on an airplane. Another one? Not just one more, two more. God. Here's the first headline, I should say. Okay. Passengers get flight refunded after sitting in urine for hours. Oh. A New Zealand couple successfully demanded a refund from Qantas Airlines after claiming they sat in a passenger's urine for a lengthy international flight. Story comes from the New Zealand Herald. Quote, now we know that we've been sitting in urine for a 10-hour trip, said one of the unidentified travelers. The revolting incident unfolded on December 30th as the two Kiwis flew from Bangkok, Thailand to Sydney, Australia en route to New Zealand. Their flight went awry when one of them placed his Qantas pillow and other belongings underneath the seat in front of them. When the aforementioned flyer retrieved his pillow, it was reportedly damp, as was their duty-free bag and $70 worth of items, a headphone case, and a portable neck pillow. Hey, you're a neck pillow guy. Initially, chalking the wetness up to spilled water, the couple stored some of their items in the overhead bin and enlisted the cabin crew to replace the soggy pillow. Quote, we called an attendant who was confused and took the pillow away, said the couple, who eventually realized that the source of the moisture was way more nauseating. After several hours, one of the travelers reached under the seat to find a pair of children's underwear, deducing that the alleged water was actually kid pee. This meant that the couple had been sitting in urine for the entirety of their 10-hour flight. In addition, one of the passengers claimed to have used the soiled neck pillow for several hours under the assumption that it was a, just a wee bit wet from water. Uh, I have to call f- bullshit on that. You can smell if it's urine. That's your bad. And maybe you're just, you have stuffed up sinuses or something, but that's bad for not detecting that that's urine, and not just water. You don't put a damp net pillow around yourself. If you don't know the source of the dampness, correct? Correct. Maybe they have a, piss fetish or something they just like the smell of it so they wanted it around their neck throughout the entirety of a cross country flight Mm. so it was kid pee so some kid had soiled himself or herself underoos that were found underneath the seat after all of this stuff started turning up wet that they were putting under the seat in front of them so the pee was what did it Kid peed himself. Some kid peed himself. The parents, rather than doing the right thing and put the 
urine-soaked Scooby-Doo underoos in a barf bag and then taking that barf bag to a trash can on the mm-hmm. airplane, just decided to dump the SpongeBob SquarePants underoos under their seat. How did it get on all of that stuff? It got on like five or six of their items. What are the parents in the row in front just like, rub the underwear against every item that they owned when you let it go when you've got a full bladder even if you're a little kid and you let it go you can soak that underwear i just don't get how it got to all of the other items that they had on the seat underneath the seat well because the paw patrol underoos were completely soaked and so if you just throw the underoos down yeah. it'll start to saturate the carpet down below so the yeah. So the underoos probably took up like this much space. Right. But the wet spot ends up going this big because the the moisture starts to spread out. And so the entirety of that bag may not have had water on it, but enough of it did. And the neck pillow, which is also absorbing whatever liquid it's coming into contact with, that becomes a a different sort of problem there. So yeah, it's just bad all around. Relatively simple concept that for some reason I could not grasp within the last two minutes. That makes a a lot of sense. Um, Unscientific explanation clarified things for you. So they weren't sitting in, you know, they just, there's piss on their stuff and they put the neck pillow around their neck. So that was it. It wasn't like in their seats. It was just the stuff that they had on the ground they picked up and used. And that's what, gave them that experience thankfully not unlike the story that i think we talked about last week where some dude just or some person just straight up shit themselves and sat in the shit there the entire flight yeah i was that bad i guess you're right about that but there was still urine directly beneath them like if you're stretching your legs out to go underneath the seat in front of you your suit your shoes the bottom of your shoes are touching some little kid's piss that's been transferred from his Care Bears underoos into the airplane carpet under that seat. Ugh. I was pretty terrified on, on my flights this weekend, you know, because all the stories we had last week of the guy who crapped himself on the plane with the side panel of that one airplane flying off mid-flight. I was like, oh, God, what am I getting myself into here? Thankfully... I mean, I had three cancellations, so I can't say it was a seamless flying experience. But once I got on the planes, it was uh, it was all good. No, no excrement, at least that I know of, that I had to deal with. That Alaska Airlines offered a cash voucher to everybody who was on that flight that had a bolt popped up, pop off, and a piece of panel just go missing. Is that is that enough? Fifteen hundred. Is that enough for you if you were on that flight or would you be asking for more? I'm sure some people are like, dude, like, I'm, I'm terrified to ever fly again. You think a $1,500 travel voucher is going to offset that? I, I think it probably needed to be in the 10000 range. Mm. Like, sorry. I don't know what to tell you other than a piece of your airplane flew off at fourteen to 16,000 feet. Like that's $1,500 doesn't even begin to cover the uh the cost of trauma there and i always read the uh security not the security the safety pamphlet in the seat back pocket in front of me there, there's no protocol for that shit i'm not prepared for that happening i know what happens if the, the oxygen mask falls off i know what happens if i need the life preserver i know how to use the forward and the window 
escape doors and the life rafts that they have there. That's all written down, but there's no protocol for the freaking half the plane flying off the plane in the middle of the air. Now you will sit in the exit row, correct? Even if it means you possibly having to do a little bit of extra work in case of an emergency landing. I'm okay with it. I usually don't. Um, Like if that's what's left, I'll sit there, but I won't, I won't scope it out for the extra leg room. Oh, wow. Well, I typically do because I need the extra leg room. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't want to have to hear some manservant ask me if I'm comfortable to sit in that seat. Like, clearly I am. I chose to sit here, guy. The cocktail waitresses and waiters in the sky? Yes, indeed. Yes, the stewardesses, the flight attendants, manservants, whatever we're supposed to call them these days. Probably not that last one. Bucky has not been a great influence on me. On that deal, I see the fellows in the waiting room. It's Chip. It's Zay. For the second day in a row, Chip is wearing his Lions gear, which means he did not shower yesterday. Hello, Chip. I did shower, but I'm going with the uh, Amon Ra St. Brown jersey because we got John Brown coming up here in 30 minutes. Father of Amon Ra. Father of Amon Ra. Hmm. Hey, congratulations. You guys uh, don't have to play the Cowboys, so you have a chance to win this weekend. Well done, sir. What's wrong with you? Those Cowboys. Yeah. They've got a worse reputation than my Lions. Yeah, your Lions are going to get to the NFC Championship game before the Cowboys. So, Well, they're going to host another home playoff game because Green Bay is going to beat the 49ers. Oh, you're putting in the call? Oh. Oh, no, no. The Packers are Washington. They just played super well, and everyone thinks they're good now, and then they're going to go play a real team, and they're going to get their asses beat. Just like Michigan did to Washington, that's going to happen to Green Bay this weekend. You're bought in on the – Clearly, you are blinded by your your consternation over the Cowboys. The Packers – are dealing like I watched it on Thanksgiving day. They went into Detroit and paddled the lions with that running game, all the same stuff that they just devoured the Cowboys with Packers are a problem. Yeah. Hey, Nick Bosa versus a black quarterback and Jordan love. I like my chances with the 49ers. (laughs) (laughs) I like my chances. Mm. Yeah. Love Jordan loves like, Ho hum, it was the Cowboys. Have a problem with black quarterbacks? Yeah, there's like a stigma on social media about Nick Bosa just being a straight up racist, which is pretty funny to me. I don't know. I think he had some of his girlfriends back in the day, and she's had some racist comments. So everybody tied Mm -hmm. two and two together. But yeah, yeah, it's a good running joke. Nick Bosa refused to take Monday off because fuck MLK. He took the whole week off. What are you talking about? How could he be racist? He made sure his whole team didn't have to work on MLK Day weekend. Oh, man. Or uh, I wonder how he celebrated, if he celebrated. He, did, he didn't celebrate. That's yeah. the that's <laughs> yeah. He worked. He made sure to work harder than normal on Monday to counteract all the people getting MLK Day off, apparently. <laughs> he says racist. Okay. All right. Well, it's settled. 
the internet says so and now the youtube comments line says so we just have to run with the boses being racist for the rest of our lives no it's just nick that's what's funny it's just nick like no one puts joey in that category just nick that's it like if, if, oh, if, if one of the boses is racist the other one's got to be there too right uh i mean uh that, that's that's wrong yeah where the hell did you see this, per se, Hilton? <laughs> oh, yeah, you see the way BK laughed? I'm not the only one. This is a thing. If you go type in Nick Bosa on Twitter, there's going to be multiple GIFs and memes talking about Nick Bosa being a racist. All right, Nick Bosa a racist. I just, I just typed it in. No, just type just in Nick, Nick Bosa. Bosa. Well, that something's going to come up for that, too, but. Yeah. <laughs> You're killing me. Nick Bosa doesn't like black pepper. I'm not seeing anything. Well, I don't trust you, Chip. Well, I'm trying to keep... Uh... Oh, yeah, I see the girlfriend's comment. That's not good. Yeah, what'd she mm. say? Uh, well, I'm only going to read one, two, oh, great. Three, now we're quoting an ex-girlfriend <laughs> as someone who's been divorced. Don't quote the ex-girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is an ex. This is somewhat recent. Well, the, the comments weren't recently, but she is his girlfriend. She is a dime piece too, but I swear to you, I'm a blank magnet. I swear to you, I'm a blank magnet. So you can fill in the blank. Oh boy. Chick? She's lesbian? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where you're getting. Yeah. I got a hunch. Good. I feel like I'm allowed to say that word, whatever the magnet thing is. Hmm. I don't even know where she's getting there. Uh, I don't know how we got to that. Hey, I like my chances. Nick Bosa, he sees Jordan Love. He ah, Jordan there Love. it is. There it is. You know what I'm saying? I like, I like my chances with San Fran, you know? I'll trust I'm you. the only one taking the Packers. Trey? We'll see you on Friday. I think that the Packers, I'm going to pick the Packers to cover probably. I'm not going to pick them to win that game, though. I am picking the Ravens to lose though, to the Texans. Texans, baby. Yeah. Mm. Let's go. If the, if the Texans yeah, reach... If the Texans reach the conference title game before the Cowboys, Jerry Jones has to sell the team. Those are the rules. Ooh. I don't oh, you them. wish. I know. I know. You wish. I know. Jera. Jera is the definition of insanity. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The absolute definition. All right, fellas. Y'all have a All great right, show. Appreciate you both. We'll be uh, locked in. Appreciate you.